Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Prepare for glory. Everyone up, you got your popcorn ready. You got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle the four-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host Matt Bruning. Back at it again on Tuesday. November 27th, and we have wrapped up Week 12. It is over with with a great game last night between the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans, pushing us forward into Week 13, the final week of the regular season for most leagues in fantasy football. And if you're right there on the verge of the playoffs or if you're already in, it is a sweet, sweet feeling to know that we're about to get into the playoffs where really it is nut cutting time it is time to get down into the dirt and the gritty it's time to win those championships this is the most crucial time in all of fantasy football all right so for today's podcast what i'm going to do is break down the remaining seven games from week 12 i have six games uh, from the Sunday slate, and then obviously last night's Monday Night Football game. After that, I'm going to discuss the injuries because holy crap, after I signed off yesterday, uh, we had a bunch of players hit IR, have injuries, going to probably be out for the season, so I'll kind of address those, give you guys my takes on a few of those, and uh, last but not least, I am going to give you guys my take on the Baker Mayfield and Hugh Jackson drama feud, whatever you want to call it, that is now is just completely blown up and is all over the place. The post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Alright, so the first game that I'm going to break down today would be between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo pulling out a... a Pretty surprising win, in uh, my opinion, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. For Jacksonville, Blake Bortles uh, just struggles to do anything yet again. 11 points in fantasy, just 127 yards in the air, one touchdown, two interceptions, did add 39 yards on the ground, and he has been officially benched. Addressed it in yesterday's podcast. Coach, Coach Doug Marone came out yesterday and said that Cody Kessler will be the starter. Uh, and actually kind of like the move. Uh, I did get kind of some up-and-close glimpses of uh, Cody Kessler when he was in Cleveland. 
While he doesn't have the strongest of arms for quarterback, he is very accurate. Uh, I do think that he is going to be able to run this offense, and I do think that Jacksonville gets somewhat of an uptick here with them going to Cody Kessler. In the running game here, so Leonard Fournette was having a huge day, uh, 24 points in fantasy until he got uh, ejected from the game after getting in a fight with, uh, I don't even remember the the dude's name, Shaq Lawson, I believe is who it was, uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but he had run for 95 yards and two touchdowns and added 13 yards in the receiving game. Uh, and also what came down yesterday is that he, would be, he will be suspended for this game this week, uh, which is huge. Anybody who was, you know, on the verge of making the playoffs and hoping that they could continue to get work from him considering they've missed him all year pretty much, uh, they have now lost him for Week 13 due to the suspension. Other than him, though, nobody else really did much here. TJ Yeldon just four points in fantasy. Carlos Hyde just three. Uh, will be interesting to see what happens between these two. I do think that Carlos Hyde gets the, the bulk of the carries here. They did trade for him, I think, to kind of be the backup for Carlos Hyde. I'm, I'm sorry, for Leonard Fournette while he was out. And so I really do think that they're going to give him the rock here and let Yeldon continue in the role that he has been in. Uh, not sure how productive Hyde will be. He looked decent at times in Cleveland, um, and I think both their offensive lines are comparable. So I imagine that he's going to be somewhat close to what he was doing in Cleveland. For the wide receivers, so D.D. Westbrook is uh, the only one who really comes through for you in fantasy. A lot of that due uh, to the fact that he had the touchdown. Uh, does get 44 yards on three catches and a touchdown. Does add 43 yards on one rush as well, which gets you the 16 points in fantasy. Uh, so overall, a great day for D.D. Westbrook, and I do think that that will continue as well, having Cody Kessler in the backfield now as the quarterback. For Buffalo, Josh Allen has himself a huge day. Uh, again, incorporating the rushing into it really kind of helped Jump him up to QB chart here, getting 26.3 points, 160 yards in the air with a touchdown, and added 99 yards and a touchdown on the ground. <clears throat> and that is exactly what Josh Allen brings. He is a he is an incredible athlete. Everybody wanted to talk about his arm strength and the accuracy issues, but he does have a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks in this class based on his physical gifts and ability. Of course, a lot of it does come down to if he can actually hit the ball or hit his receivers with the ball because he does struggle with accuracy, accuracy issues. Uh, really, nobody came through for you uh, running backs here. Uh, LaShawn McCoy just 5.8 points and uh, Chris Ivory 1.4. I would not trust either one of these guys moving forward anyways uh, with them, with this team looking the way that it is, I guess would be the way to put it. Robert Foster comes through for you in fantasy, though I highly doubt anybody started him. 94 yards on two catches and touchdown. Uh, The long touchdown, obviously, from Josh Allen. A beautiful throw for 75 yards. Gets him the touchdown. He gets you 16 points in fantasy. And then Isaiah McKenzie, who I'm sure everybody started as well, gets eight points in fantasy. Uh, Again, I I, I wouldn't start any of these guys. Um, Really, I think, uh, as I've talked about before, I think you've really got to do your best to kind of avoid Buffalo altogether, along with Oakland would be the other team. 
The next up, we have the uh, Arizona Cardinals losing to the Los Angeles Chargers 10-45. Uh, very surprising game for me. I really thought that uh, Arizona would put up a little bit of a better fight here. Uh, Josh Rosen, a horrible day. Just seven points in fantasy. Uh, just just looked horrible out there, if I'm going to be honest. Uh Chargers defense is good, a little bit underrated, but I wouldn't say is the top or an elite defense in the league at the moment. So uh, to see him struggle this bad is a little concerning, but 105 yards in the air with one touchdown and one interception. We saw DJ come back down to earth a little bit after a really good run here of late with eight points in fantasy, getting you just 63 yards on the ground and 16 yards receiving. For the wide receivers, El Fitz, the Larry, Larry the Legend, gets you 10 points in fantasy. Uh, just two catches for 30 yards, but does get the touchdown. And Christian Kirk just continues to be the most targeted wide receiver on this team. Does get the four catches for 41 yards, giving you six points in fantasy. For the Chargers, Phillip Rivers had literally a record-setting day. So not counting the 22 points that he put up in fantasy, he had just an amazing day throwing the ball. 28 of 29 for 259 and three touchdowns. Uh, he broke the record for most consecutive completions, and I really wish he would have gotten the perfect little rating there, perfect passer rating, if he would have just <coughs> did get a little bit of hit or did get hit a little bit on the throw that caused the incompletion. In my opinion, it would have been great to see him go 29 of uh, of 29. Did get pulled late in this game for Geno Smith, but that was more just as to, uh, just to keep Phillip Rivers out. For the running back, so both Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon come through for you. Melvin Gordon, 19 points in fantasy with 61 yards on 10 carries and two touchdowns, but does get hurt. Sprains his MCL. He will be out for a couple games, uh, but I'll address that more here in uh, the injury segment here at the end. Uh, Austin Eckler, who steps up in uh, Melvin Gordon's uh, absence there, 35 yards on five rushes with one touchdown and does add 68 yards on 10 catches to get you 21.3 points in fantasy. Uh, and he should be a stud going forward as Melvin Gordon is likely going to miss multiple weeks. So if you have Austin Eckler, get ready to plug him into your lineups. For the wide receivers, uh, Mike Williams, as we talked about on Friday's podcast, I said Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, I thought we were going to have great days. Well, guess what? They both did. Both putting up 16 points in fantasy. Keenan Allen, 16.7, with 72 yards on seventy ca- on seven catches and one touchdown. And uh, then Mike Williams, 25 yards on four catches and two touchdowns, getting you 16.5 points in fantasy. Just... A great game for both of them. I do think that Mike Williams is going to continue to kind of take over a little bit here. Uh, At least more for Tyrell Williams. I do think he's a little bit more of a gadget player compared to what Mike Williams can do in an offense. Next up, we have the Miami Dolphins losing to the Indianapolis Colts uh, 24-27. Ryan Tannehill uh, had a decent day back in his debut from dealing with multiple injuries now at this point. 204 yards and two touchdowns in the air. Added 14 rushing yards to get you 17 points in fantasy. Um, do you think this is kind of what Ryan Tannehill is going to be moving forward in the rest of the season? I think he's got a chance to be right there in that kind of 16 to 20 range every week. Uh, we saw Kenyon Drake go off yet again in this week, which probably means uh, Frank Gore is going to have himself.
himself a career game next week. As we know that Adam Gase just loves to do all kinds of dumb shit with his running backs and uh, not play the guys who are going off. But Kenyon Drake did here. 24 points in fantasies. He gets you 67 yards on 14 carries and adds 64 yards on 5 catches and a touchdown again to get you 24 points in fantasy. And uh, Frank Gore gets you 8 points in fantasies. He started out there just... uh, One catch for 10 yards and then added 67 on 14 carries. Still looking good. Don't get me wrong. Love love Gore. He's a a Hall of Famer uh, and definitely looking good out there. But, God, I would love to see Kenyon Drake and what he could do if he was given full reins uh, of the offense here under Adam Gase. For the wide receivers, Leontay Carew is the only one who does anything for you, uh, and it all literally came on one play. One catch for 74 yards and a touchdown. Uh, again, gets you 13 points in fantasy. A lot of his truthers were very happy to see this. As a, they are all, um, you know, hoping for a breakout game or something that gets him kind of more noticed and, and more playing time. Definitely a great play, but uh, just the one play he's going to need to do more than that, in my opinion, to kind of move his way up this depth chart. For the Colts here, Andrew Luck continues to dominate and look exactly like the guy that uh, he was before the shoulder injury. 343 in the air with three touchdowns, two interceptions, getting you 24 points in fantasy. Uh, And as I've said before, and I think, you know, it's got to be said again, he's back, looks back, love him. Marlon Mack uh, leads the backfield here with 15 carries, getting you just 85 yards. Uh, Doesn't really do much in the receiving game, just 11 yards on two catches, getting you 10 points in fantasy. Uh, Naheem Hines, 6 points in fantasy, 28 yards on 9 carries, adding 22 yards on two catches. And, of course, for the wide receivers here, T.Y. Hilton does it again. Looks awesome. 125 yards on seven catches. Just leads these uh, wide receivers by far. Next best was Chester Rogers getting six points in fantasy with 49 yards on three catches. But the man, the GOAT at the tight end position, Eric Ebron, getting you 19 points in fantasy as he gets you 45 yards on five catches and two touchdowns. And last game of the afternoon slate, the Pittsburgh Steelers losing to the Denver Broncos 17-24. So, with this game for Pittsburgh, I think it is fair to say that uh, Road Ben is no longer a thing. As he gets you 22 points in fantasy, 462 in the air with one touchdown and two interceptions. A key interception on the goal line. Uh, to help Denver win the game. James Conner struggles yet again in this one. Just 41 yards on 13 carries gets you 10 points in fantasies. He doesn't do much else, really. Just 42 yards on uh, four catches in the receiving game. And in all honesty, Antonio Brown doesn't do anything for you really here. Just 11 points in fantasy, 67 yards on nine catches, continues to be the most heavily targeted player here. On this team, Uh, Juju out-targets him in this game, but he's actually behind Brown, 12 targets, uh, and yet has more yards than him 
uh, and more catches, which is just ridiculous. Juju again does it in this game. 13 catches on 189 yards and a touchdown. Of course, most of that coming on the 97-yard touchdown run, uh, catch and run, getting him 31 points in fantasy. Huge day for Juju, and I'll continue to say it, I think, is going to end up being the number one wide receiver for this team when everything is said and done. For the tight ends here, uh, neither one really comes through, which is surprising to me. Uh, they had a really good matchup. I thought James, I'm sorry, Jesse James or Vance McDonald would at least have a decent game here. I was leaning more toward Vance McDonald. Neither one does much of anything. Jesse James just five points, and Vance McDonald 4.2. For the Denver Broncos, Casey Keenum, 15 points in fantasy. Uh, mediocre day, kind of what you'd expect out of him at this point, um, especially this year with being with Denver. 197 yards in the air with two touchdowns for the running backs. My God, Philip Lindsay just continues to ball out. 17 points in fantasy, 110 yards on the ground, 14 carries, a touchdown. Uh, and, I mean, doesn't do anything in the receiving game, which is actually really surprising to me. I thought that is where a lot of his value would come from. Uh, he did catch the ball a lot in college. I really thought that's kind of where he would stand out and make his name. Not really getting a lot of work in the receiving game, but he is just balling out in the running attack here. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I, I he's got to be a wide, or wide receiver running back one going forward, right? I mean, at least through the rest of this year. We'll see what happens next year, but I think finishing out this year. Sorry, guys. He gets me so excited I can barely speak English here. He, um, I think just with his play and then some of the matchups they have coming forward, I think he's a low-end RB1 to finish out the rest of the season. For the wide receivers here, uh, just Emmanuel Sanders comes through for you. 18 points in fantasy, 86 yards on seven catches, and a touchdown. Uh, nothing really else going on here for this team uh, in the wide receivers or tight ends. Uh, Matt Lacoste comes in. Uh, Jeff Hireman does get hurt. I will talk about him here in a minute with the injury stuff uh, and get you 10 points. Uh, might be an interesting pickup if you had, if you were counting on Hireman uh, with him going out. He will miss the rest of the year, but uh, Lacoste does get a touchdown here and 34 yards. The Sunday night game between the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota winning this game 24-17. to and, I mean, just what has happened to the Green Bay Packers? Aaron Rodgers, just 11 points in fantasy in this one. 198 yards in the air with one touchdown. Just hasn't looked like typical Aaron Rodgers. Uh, really starting to worry about him. I still have, I, I'm still going to have him in my top 12 quarterbacks every week. Uh, but he has definitely struggled here this year. Just has not looked like the same Rodgers most of the time. Aaron Jones continues to ball out, though, at the running back position. 16 points in fantasy, 72 yards on 17 carries, and one touchdown. Um, just continues to, to ball out since he's kind of become the guy. This is three weeks in a row now that he's had really good games. And I expect as long as the Packers continue to fight, um, I do think that they have an outside shot of making the playoffs. So I guess if you're an Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers owner, your hope is they continue to win every week so that they keep fighting into the playoffs at least up until week 16 so we can hopefully get the best production out of them going forward. 
For the wide receivers, Devontae Adams does it again. Five receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, another great day in fantasy for him with 15 points. Uh, and Equinemius St. Brown gets you seven points in fantasy with 53 yards on three catches. And a guy that I really liked uh, going into the draft process, I thought he had a chance to be uh, the breakout rookie of this team. Uh, obviously, that has gone to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, though he has somewhat slowed down here as of late. We'll see if ESB can kind of usurp him for the rest of the season. For the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, after having a uh, uh, pretty much a shit game last week, well, actually, that was more two weeks ago. He wasn't that bad last week against the Bears. But uh does get you 27 points in fantasy here. Uh, continuing, uh, really kind of pushing the narrative that he deserved to get the money he got in the offseason and that he can be a franchise quarterback. 342 yards in the air with three touchdowns here. Uh, just looked good. Uh, hoping to see more of this going forward. Dalvin Cook came back last night with the, or sorry, I'm sorry, Sunday night with a vengeance here. 15 points in fantasy while he didn't get the running or he didn't get many carries here just 10 for 29 yards uh, but does take a pass to the house 47 yards on three catches and the touchdown again getting you 15 points in fantasy looking good hopefully we can see a fully healthy Dalvin Cook before the end of this year Uh, a lot of owners including me uh, I own him in a couple leagues missing out on that pretty much all year long And, of course, the duo of Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs both balled out in this game. Adam Thielen returning back to that uh, 100 yards receiving and a touchdown little streak that he had been on. Eight catches for 125 yards and a touchdown, getting you 22.5 points in fantasy. And Stephon Diggs getting you 18.9 points in fantasy with 77 yards on eight catches and a touchdown. But even more interesting was the all-of-a-sudden reemergence of Kyle Rudolph at the tight end position here. Nine points in fantasy with seven catches and 63 yards. And they looked to get go to him early and, and often in this game, which was really nice to see if you're a Rudolph owner. Him kind of being implemented more in this offense. Let's hope that that continues going forward uh, as any and all Rudolph owners would uh, very much appreciate that with as bad as he has been. And last but not least, the last game of Week 12, the Tennessee Titans losing to the Houston Texans on Monday Night Football, 17-34, to and I just don't even understand how Tennessee lost this game. Marcus Mariota went 22-23 of 23 for 303 yards and two touchdowns, so one incompletion, just like Phillip Rivers, 22 points in fantasy, and yet they lose this game. Some of it, I'm sure, comes from the fact that uh, Lamar Miller busted out for like a 98-yard touchdown run, which was a little bit ridiculous, but still, I I just, Tennessee has got to get their shit together here. Uh, In the rushing attack, neither one does anything. Uh, Deion Lewis, just seven points in fantasy with eight yards on seven rushes uh, and then adds 33 yards on seven catches. Derrick Henry here, 19 yards on two catches and 30 yards on eight carries, getting you four points in fantasy. Uh, It really does seem like the defenses here are kind of keying in on the run game and uh, almost daring Marcus Mariota to beat them. If that's the case, I really like Marcus Mariota and Corey Davis going forward here. Corey Davis did have himself a really good game, kind of showed the flashes of the one a lot of people think he can be. Four receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. 
just a great day for him. Big day in fantasy, 21 points, and he was the only wide receiver to do anything here. Uh, Johnu Smith at tight end. Pretty much did everything on one play here, getting you 13 points in fantasy, 63 yards, and uh, one touchdown uh, on two catches. Again, uh, most of that all coming, though, 61 yards of the 63 coming on the one uh, catch and run for a touchdown. But again, just uh, just as we touched on before I move on to the Texans, I really do think Marcus Mariota, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith have a lot of upside going forward here these next couple weeks as defenses the past couple weeks have really kind of keyed in on the running game and dared Marcus Mariota to beat them with his arm. And I do think he can do it, especially if he is uh, as healthy as he at least looked in this game against a fairly good Texans defense. For the Texans, uh, Deshaun Watson... Did uh did okay here. Not not a huge day, at least passing the ball. Uh, but definitely comes through for you, uh, rushing the ball, which um just ridiculous here. But twenty nine points in fantasy finishes as the number one quarterback on the week. Again, just two hundred and ten yards in the air with two touchdowns. So you know you'd say a ho hum day, uh, but add seventy yards and a touchdown on the ground, uh, which is exactly what is terrifying about him because he has that ability. Though I think he is a little miscast there. Uh, he's not necessarily the scramble and run around quarterback. He does a very good job most of the time of staying in the backfield, uh, in the pocket, and and keeping his eyes downfield, trying to find a player downfield like Hopkins uh, or Fuller. It was a lot, a lot of times Fuller for deep passes when Fuller was there. Uh, but he can take off and get yards and eat up yards in a hurry with his speed and athleticism. For the running backs, as we just talked about with Lamar Miller, he had uh, the 98 yards, 97 yards run here, 162 yards on 12 carries and a touchdown, 23 points in fantasy, so just barely missed my 16-point projection for him uh, there that I called for in last night's podcast. Uh, just a great day for Lamar Miller. I think he's the epitome of an RB2. He's going to have these games every once in a while that shows flashes of what he he could have been uh, and how good he has been at times, but I think he is just the perfect RB2. He's going to get you, for the most part, those consistent RB2 numbers. For the wide receivers, Demarius Thomas uh, has the biggest day for fantasy, that mostly coming from the fact that he scores you two touchdowns, uh, but does get you 17 points in fantasy, 38 yards, four catches, two touchdowns. Uh, and he, he definitely looks like the uh, the red zone threat for me. I think uh, he's a big, big target uh, for Watson here in the end zone. I think that is where they're going to lean on him the most. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, for the first time in five games, didn't score a touchdown, but still gets you 74 yards on five catches and nine points uh, in fantasy, so you can't complain about that again. Uh, he He's a one. He'll be fine going forward. Just one of those games where he didn't end up scoring because both of the balls went to Demarius Thomas. So that will do it for all of our game recaps here of Week 12. Uh, again, starting uh, Thursday's podcast, we will jump into rankings and then obviously a preview of a really great game between, or at least looks to be a great game, between the New Orleans Saints and the Dallas Cowboys. Ouch, population, you bro! All right, so for the injuries, again, we had uh, a lot of injuries kind of come down at the the last minute, uh, not really the last minute, but came down after I had recorded yesterday. Uh, so I'm going to kind of jump in them today and talk about what they mean for fantasy going forward. So at quarterback, uh, I talked about it yesterday, obviously did not know he was going to get placed on IR at the time, but Andy Dalton is out. Again, placed on... Uh, 
placed on IR with a thumb injury. Going to be out the rest of the year. Uh, he has torn ligaments in his thumb, which means Jeff Driscoll is now going to be the starter for the the Cincinnati Bengals. Interesting prospect for me. Uh, definitely was very good um, in college. Uh, went to the University of Florida. He is a much better runner than Andy Dalton. I do think uh, he is going to be able to rack up some rushing yards here for you if you do end up having to pick him up or if you're going to play him in two QB leagues. Uh, can fling the ball a little bit, and I expect him to kind of get the ball out here to Tyler Boyd and C.J. Uzoma, uh, possibly Giovanni Bernard a little bit, but I would not be surprised if he gets most of his points in the rushing game. We saw a little bit of that in the game Sunday against Cleveland. He did get the rushing touchdown uh very active in moving around in the pocket and getting rushing yards when things start to break down he will take off jack doyle and and jeff hireman at the tight end position both out uh for the rest of the year jeff hireman suffered uh broken ribs and a bruised lung so we talked about obviously there that matt lacrosse is probably going to be the guy there uh to take over for him uh Definitely a worthy speculative ad, I guess, at this point. If you were counting on Jeff Hireman, if you were using him, I would definitely pick up Lacoste because uh, he kind of picked right up where Hireman left off there with the injury and looked good again, scored the touchdown. Uh, and Jack Doyle has been placed on injured reserve, ending his season uh, with a kidney injury. I can't remember exactly what he did to his kidney, but he did have to get rushed to the hospital uh, and underwent a surgery uh, on his kidney. Uh, so obviously, you know, well wishes to him. Uh, wish nothing but the best for Jack Doyle. Obviously, that just increases uh, what Eric Ebron can do here. Uh, we already know what he can do, so it really just kind of puts him on the field even more uh, and makes him an even bigger touchdown threat, uh, which is just ridiculous to think about, especially if you're a Detroit Lions fan. Uh, thinking about all the years you had him, and he just wasn't able to do anything at all compared to what he's doing here in Indy now. Uh, and last but not least, Marvin Jones was placed on the injured reserve as well with a knee injury. Um, and this one is the one that worries me the most, uh, just as in when it comes to Detroit. We saw Kenny Galladay get an uptick in uh, catches and targets uh, Thursday night with Marvin Jones being out. I do think that continues but when they play elite defenses, uh, it's going to be hard, I think, for them to keep forcing the ball to Kenny Galladay. But I don't see who else is going to be able to step up here in this offense. My guess is it's going to be Bruce Ellington and Theo Riddick are going to get more looks here. Obviously, you've got TJ Jones, who's likely going to be still in the slot with uh, the fact that Golden Tate was traded. Uh, but it worries me. As a Kenny Galladay owner, I would be a little bit worried about this. I, th I think he is more productive with a guy like Marvin Jones on the opposite side of him, kind of taking some coverage away. Uh, and the fact uh, that he's going to be gone, I think, really could end up hurting Galladay in the long run, at least this year. Uh, may look good for a couple games and getting more heavy targets, uh, but I do think when he plays these uh, more elite defenses that they're going to be able to key in on Galladay. And uh, with the way Matt Stafford has looked, and in all honesty, that line has looked, I wouldn't be surprised if he struggles. Again, they, they have the Rams this week. Uh, I would expect, I haven't gotten a chance to fully do any of my projections yet. I'll do those later tonight. But I would I would expect Kenny, Kenny Galladay will be fairly high just due to the fact that the Rams secondary is kind of poor. 
Uh, last but not least, not necessarily in injury news here, but Reuben Foster, who was cut from the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday, was claimed by the Washington Redskins, which is very interesting because uh, Reuben Foster is considered to be a very good young linebacker. So adding him to that linebacking core already with Ryan Kerrigan, Preston Smith, and Zach Brown is going to be very, very interesting. Last but not least, Baker Mayfield, Hugh Jackson. Got to give my take real quick before I sign off. I think this is getting a little bit overblown. I understand where both sides are coming from in Hugh Jackson. He was fired. Uh, should have a right to take a job wherever he wants. Um, but I understand it from Baker's side too. Not just because, you know, going all full Terrell Owens. That's, that's my quarterback. Uh, I do love Baker. And I think what he is saying is coming from his competitive side. Hugh Jackson, yes, understand he was fired. Dude's going to make $16 million over the next four years. He's literally going to get paid $4 million a year for the next four years, no matter what he does. Uh, I, I'm, I was counting this year to make sixteen, I believe, right? No. Yeah, yeah. This year through the next three years, he will get paid $4 million a year, so $16 million, and he could literally do nothing. He could go home right now and sit at home, and he's going to make $16 million from the Cleveland Browns for, for the rest of this year and the next three years after that. And I think that's part of it is that there's already been talks that there's teams looking at Hugh Jackson to bring in as their offensive coordinator next year. He He's a hot name on the list. There's multiple teams that he is well-respected by that will think about bringing him in already in 2019, and we're not even through 2018 yet. So I think what Baker is saying, at least in my opinion, is that the dude left. I understand that he got fired. but And then he up and goes to one of your biggest rivals who, again, you play twice a year just like that. I mean, it, it wasn't even fresh yet that he had gotten fired. I think he joined the Bengals three, four days later, maybe a week or so later. I understand that he's always had connections there. Uh, he left there, was the offensive coordinator, went to Oakland, lost his job in Oakland, came back to Cincinnati. Him and Marvin Lewis are very close, but I understand Baker's side of it. I think everybody kind of villainizing him here and making him out to be a bad guy like he doesn't want Hugh Jackson Hugh Jackson to be employed. I don't think that's it at all. I do think that there is just something to that, uh, that he left and went and joined the Bengals. I, I just don't see that. If some report came out that every other NFL team was like, no, nah, we don't want Hugh because he sucks and the Bengals were the only one, I'd kind of understand it a little bit more. Uh, but again, he had barely been... Now, uh, you know, not an NFL coach for maybe a week before he took that Cincinnati job. And we already have teams coming out saying that they want they want to look at him to be their offensive coordinator. So I think uh, a lot of it's just a little bit ridiculous saying that he's immature and all this stuff. I think if you really look at what he's saying, uh, you know, and saying that he feels more comfortable now with Freddie Kitchens and, and Greg Williams, I think it just more speaks to the fact that he didn't have quite as good a relationship with Hugh Jackson as maybe we all thought. Uh, and again, I don't think it's something where he doesn't want Hugh to be employed. I just think that he feels a little bit betrayed the Hugh up and left so quickly to jump right back into the Cincinnati Bengals lap, so to say. So, thank you guys so much again for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast today, November 27th, the last day of uh, Week 12 here again as we'll be jumping into Week 13. No podcast tomorrow. We'll be starting up Week 13 on Thursday. I will have my top 10 at each position along with my article, my rankings article going up on Medium. Uh, we will talk about that on Thursday and then obviously preview the game between the New Orleans Saints and the Dallas Cowboys. So until we talk again on Thursday, guys, hope you guys have a great day. I will talk to you then. Peace. Prepare for 
glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. It is in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>